Hey everyone, welcome back to the Call Her Doctor podcast. It's just Natalie this week. Maddie is taking care of some stuff, getting ready for school to start. But if you want to stay up to date with what she is doing, you can follow her on Instagram at Madison Johnson. She just picked up her medical student ID and her white coat and she's been posting updates on her Instagram and Instagram stories and stuff. So definitely um, keep up with her and she'll be back with us for the next episode. So this week, I'm going to be talking all about transferring schools, and this is an episode that I've been wanting to do and one that I'm really honestly excited to talk about because it's something that I'm really passionate about. So if you're new, I am an electrical engineering PhD student. I'm about to finish up my first year as a PhD student, and I talked about this a little bit in the Get to Know Me episode. I think that was our second episode, if you want to go back and listen. But I transferred as an undergrad after my freshman year, and I really learned a lot about myself and about what I think college should be, and um, just really learned a lot through the process. And so I want to talk about that today and just sort of share what I learned and share my advice. And I think overall, the message that I want to convey is that it is okay to transfer. It is okay to take time off and go to a community college. It is okay to transfer from a top university in your state to a university that's not as well recognized. Um, And basically, it is okay to do whatever it takes to put yourself in an environment where you are going to be successful. So I want to kick it off with my story. So I am originally from Austin, Texas. I knew forever that I wanted to study engineering. And I did well in high school. Um, I wasn't top of my class or anything like that, but I did pretty well and, you know, was when I applied to colleges, I figured I would have some options and so I visited a few um, and the university that I ended up starting at I had actually done a visit weekend where I went and stayed for a full weekend um, and learned about the university and everything and honestly didn't love it I think I did that visit weekend during my junior year of high school didn't really love the university um, but I applied there anyways and I got accepted to the Honors College. It's one of the best engineering schools in Texas and probably in the country and it was just so, you know, it was exciting and encouraging and I felt really cool that I got into this great university and especially that I was in their Honors program and so I ended up going there and got two or three months into my first semester and was really just having a rough time. I didn't make a lot of friends. My classes were huge. I had a lot of classes where I never saw the professor. It was just the TA. Um, And these were classes in my major too. It wasn't like this was just my physics class or just my calculus class. Uh, These were, you know, intro to engineering classes and things like that where I never saw the professor and It was a very competitive environment. The school, I believe, is majority engineering students, um, and the university has about 50,000 students, so you can imagine it was just huge classes of really smart people, and I had really never struggled in school ever in my life, and so it was just such a huge transition, and basically I just had a really rough first semester. And I think that's pretty common for all students, but probably especially for STEM students. Um, It's sort of an extra kick in the pants to start 
college, but to also start college in a really difficult field. And so I finished up my first semester with a 1.9 GPA, which put me on academic probation. And the way that it worked at this university was you started as a general engineering major, and then after your freshman year, you applied to your specific field of engineering that you wanted to go into. So I wanted to go into biomedical engineering, and so I knew that at the end of my first year, after the spring semester, I would have to apply to biomedical engineering. So after my first semester, when I was on academic probation, I was required to meet with my academic advisor throughout the next semester, and I remember going to him and basically saying, you know, what are my options? I know that I need to apply to the biomedical engineering program, and he basically told me that that wasn't going to be an option, that I wasn't going to get into biomedical engineering, electrical engineering, or anything like that, that my options at that point, if I wanted to stay at that university, were to choose a different major or to choose a smaller, less competitive engineering field like oceans engineering, which I'm sure is great. And I think there are probably people out there who are super passionate about oceans engineering, but I had absolutely no interest in that. Um, And so really just a few months, maybe even a few weeks into my second semester, I was really hit with the realization that if I wanted to be an engineer and if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, my only option really was to transfer. And I had considered that over the Christmas break, you know, after I had such a rough first semester, but I also knew at that point that my options were limited because my GPA was so low. Um, I really wasn't going to be able to transfer anywhere. And so I ended up staying through the spring semester and worked really hard to get my grades up. I had to retake calculus, which was at the time kind of embarrassing because I had taken calculus in high school and then I took it in college, made a D, had to retake it. So this was like my third time around taking calculus, which for someone who did really well and like never had to try in high school, um, that's just sort of an embarrassing thing to have happen. But I stayed, I got my GPA um, up a little bit. I think it was like a 2.5 at the end of my second semester and at that point I talked to my parents and we started looking at options and so um, I basically the options that I had at that point were to go to community college for a year and try to you know get my grades up enough and then transfer to another big university and so I went and met with an advisor at another university in Texas um, at the University of Texas actually in Austin I met with an engineering advisor, and she told me that the average transfer GPA for engineering students to transfer into their program was a 4.0. I obviously was not anywhere close to a 4.0, and so transferring there directly wasn't going to be an option. And so I, to this day, am very, very grateful for this woman. Um, I've, you know, emailed her since then and sort of explained how much she helped me, but she, you know, we asked her, what would you suggest at this point? And she suggested looking at other smaller universities. And she's actually the person who suggested looking at Texas State University, which at the time, Texas State had an engineering program that was seven or eight years old. So it was not a well-known engineering program. Um, You know, if you looked up school rankings, it probably wasn't on any of the lists for 
um, engineering programs. But we talked to her a little bit about that and she, and again, I'm just so grateful that we had this conversation with her because she basically said, you know, school rankings aren't the most important thing, which as, you know, in high school and I think as undergrads too, we're very focused on, you know, where is your degree from? What university are you graduating from? That all seems very, very important. Um, But she basically said that, you know, great engineers come out of universities everywhere and that it doesn't have so much to do with the school ranking or the school name. So after meeting with her, um, I started looking into Texas State University and, you know, it was smaller. They didn't offer biomedical engineering, but my options at that point were to transfer to Texas State University or to um, take a year off and go to community college. And I remember having a conversation with my parents about, you know, it just, honestly, it was kind of devastating to go from one of the best engineering programs in the nation where I was in the honors college and it was all just like, you know, I felt kind of like a badass and then to transfer to a school that has sort of a no name at the time engineering program, it just, it felt a little bit embarrassing um, and a little bit frustrating. And so... I just, it was just such an odd, you know, it was just not a conversation that I ever expected to be having about, you know, do you go to community college and try to transfer to a big name, you know, an A school, or do I transfer to a B school? Um, And I remember we drove down to San Marcos where Texas State University is, and I just like immediately felt like that's where I wanted to go to school. And so I ended up taking community college classes that summer. So I ended up withdrawing from the university where I'd done my freshman year. And I took community college classes over the summer to get my GPA up a little bit more. And then I applied to Texas State University. And this was honestly the best decision that I made. And again, I'm just, I'm grateful for my parents, you know, support and their flexibility with me wanting to transfer I'm really, really grateful for that advisor at the University of Texas, who even though she, you know, basically said it wasn't an option for me to transfer to the University of Texas, she suggested Texas State. And I transferred and it ended up just being one of the best decisions I've made. So I officially withdrew from the university where I'd done my freshman year and I enrolled in community college classes over the summer as a way to um, get my GPA up. I took I believe it was Physics 2 and Calculus 2 that summer, um, and you know I did better, honestly, in those classes than I would have done at that initial university. That helped my GPA, and then I transferred to Texas State University because they, they actually had a later application deadline than most universities. They were a little bit more flexible, so I was able to apply later in the summer to start going there that fall. I graduated from Texas State University having done a NASA internship, having done you know multiple different research opportunities. I had published papers. I later received the NSF GRFP fellowship, which is one of the most selective in the nation. And I say all of this not to toot my own horn, but to demonstrate the fact that it is not the name of the school or, you know, the ranking of the school that matters, but really it's what you do at that university. Um, Texas State now has 
a really great program and it had a really great program at the time. It just, I think, didn't have the size or the name recognition that a lot of schools in Texas have. And I guess that's really the point that I want to make with this episode um, is the fact that school ranking just doesn't matter, that it really is about you putting yourself in an environment where you are successful. And I think people talk about finding the right fit for you, and a lot of times it's hard to define what that means. And so I wanted to talk about some of the ways that I think you can assess the fit of your current university. If you feel like something is off or like you just aren't in a place where you can be successful, I really want to encourage you to think about changing your environment and putting yourself in an environment where you will be successful. So some of the points I want to make are looking at class size and instruction that fits your needs. So some people learn really well in big classes. They can listen to the lecture, they can self-study, um, and they you know, are successful with that method. Some people need a little bit more one-on-one focus, they need more access to the professor, and they need more help. That doesn't mean that you are dumb. That doesn't mean that you, you know, aren't as smart as your classmates who can learn in a big lecture hall. It just means that you have different needs and different colleges are going to fit those needs better. Another one is an environment that you feel comfortable in. So I'm honestly a large part, I think, of the reason that I didn't do well at the school that I was at initially was because I had a hard time making friends. The climate there, I think, was different than what I was used to from high school it was not as diverse of a group of students as I was used to from high school. It was not as open and accepting of an, an of an environment that I was used to in high school. And so I think just, you know, the culture of a university is really something to look at and to assess. Even if you're already in college, and again, if you're feeling like something is off, the culture is a huge part of it, and it seems small and it seems like it shouldn't matter, especially when you're, you know, trying to get your education, but it really, really is important. And so again, I just really want to encourage you, if you are at a university and you're feeling like this just isn't it and why is it so hard and why does this suck so much and why am I doing so poorly, really evaluate what's going on. And if you think that the university and your environment are contributing to those feelings, look at other options. It is not a failure to transfer. You're not a failure if you take a year off and go to community college. You know, you're not a failure if you transfer to another program, if you transfer to a smaller program, if you want to just take a year off. I know with coronavirus and everything that's going on, um, you may just want to take a year off of school. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think in STEM specifically, we really paint this picture of The student who goes for four years, they graduate on time, they do really well, um, and there's no hiccups along the way. And and the more specific uh, to engineering, I guess, the more people that I know, the more I realize how many people didn't take a traditional path and how many people transferred and how many people made changes. Um, And it definitely, it takes courage, it takes work, it takes organization but putting yourself in the right environment has such a payoff. I think that your mental and physical health should be your number one priority. And if transferring contributes to that, then you know that's, I think, a great thing. So now that I've talked about my story and why I think it's so important to share this story and how valuable I think transferring can be, I also want to talk about some of the, the logistics of it. So transferring definitely isn't 
a super easy, smooth process. It does take some work, it takes organization, and it takes self-advocacy. So when I transferred, um, a lot of the things that I had to pay attention to were the withdraw deadline from the university that I was at and the application deadline for the university that I was transferring to. I also had to make sure that I met the minimum transfer GPA for the university that I was transferring to. And then I had to have a lot of conversations around which credits would transfer and which would not. And this is where I would really encourage you to advocate for yourself. If you meet with an advisor at your un- at your new university who says that certain tra- uh, credits aren't going to transfer, ask another advisor. See if there's a different advisor that's specific to your field or if there's an advisor who works specifically with transfer students or something like that because after multiple conversations, I was actually able to get, I believe it was two or three different credits that originally were not going to transfer that ended up transferring and counting towards my uh, engineering degree plan. So definitely ask. Don't be afraid to ask multiple times. Don't be afraid to ask in multiple different ways. Ask who else you can talk to. This isn't personal. You really shouldn't feel shy in the meetings with your advisor. It can feel really awkward to say, well, is there anyone else that I can talk to about this when they tell you those credits aren't going to transfer? But I would really encourage you to ask um, because it saves you money, it saves you time. Um, Another thing to consider is your graduation timeline. So I initially would have been able to transfer and still finish my degree in four years. That ended up changing because of an internship that I took, but um, it may be the case that when you transfer, you end up having to stay another year or another semester. And again, I would encourage you to not let that keep you from finding the right university for you. I think, again, that that can feel like a failure if you graduate late, but it's better to graduate having enjoyed your experience um, and motivated rather than graduate in four years and just have been run into the ground and miserable. So, you know, something to ask about, but that I don't think should play a factor in whether or not you transfer. With transferring, I think there's also an aspect of, you know, you have to make new friends, you're meeting new people. And so it is sort of like your freshman year all over again, where you do have to sort of jump in and almost get overly involved until you make those connections. And then you can sort of cut back on those involvements. Um, If you've listened to previous episodes, I know Madison and I have both talked about not getting over involved because it will just sort of wear you out. But you know, right at the beginning, I think it's okay to join a lot of different things and get to know people and um, especially getting to know people who have been there for a while. You know, if you transfer as a sophomore and there's other sophomores who did their whole freshman year there and they know which dining hall is best and they know where to print your homework and, you know, things like that, you need those people to get caught up to speed. So it does take some effort to get involved and to meet new people after you transfer. And I think it can be frustrating to have to do all of that over again. But again, one of those things that I really think is worth it, but it's just something to take into account when you transfer. The last big thing to take into account when you transfer is financial aid. So if you had a really great financial aid package at your initial university, you know, that may not carry over to your new university Or it may be the case that when you transfer, you actually have better access to financial aid. And I think that that can be a great reason to transfer too. Um, That wasn't my situation, but I think, 
you know, if you get into a university and you just, it is, you know, out of state or it's private or it's just a more expensive university and that is really contributing stress or you're having to work more than you're, you know, focused on school because of that extra expense, consider transferring or consider taking credits at a community college and then transferring those back to your university. I think there just really is this myth that you have to stay in one place, complete all your classes on time, and that's the only way that you're a respectable, you know, scientist or engineer or mathematician, whatever it may be. And that really just isn't the case. So just a couple more points that I want to make before I wrap up this episode. Um, I do want to note that, you know, as I started to consider transferring, a big um, thing that I thought about was whether or not I could stick it out. And I made the decision to stay where I was for one more semester because I wanted to get my GPA up. And I really believed that I could handle, you know, my environment and the situation that I was in for one more semester. So I think that's just something, you know, one more thing to consider is, you know, how close are you to being done? Can you stick it out for one more semester? What's the benefit of sticking it out for one more semester? And just not making the decision to transfer recklessly or, you know, suddenly without really thinking it through all the way. It's definitely okay to transfer. Um, I actually transferred schools in high school as well and then again in college. So I'm very pro-transferring and very pro-putting yourself in whatever situation you need to be in. Again, that myth that you have to stay in one place and stick it out and push through a situation that doesn't support you, I think is just one more way that STEM can kind of be exclusive in just this narrative that's been built up um, in STEM fields. And I really hope that this episode was helpful and that it showed some things that you should consider logistically when you're transferring, but also that it would give you the courage to transfer if you think that that's what's best for you, and that sharing my story can help break down the stigma around transferring, the stigma about going to a smaller school or a community college. Um, All of these are incredible options, and again, just putting yourself in the situation where you are going to be successful really is what's going to help you in the long run. Your school name isn't going to matter. If it does, it'll only be for your first job. And after that, it's totally about you and what you do and your individual accomplishments. I really don't think, you know, five to 10 years down the line after you graduate, that school name is going to matter at all. So again, I hope this was helpful. And if you have any specific questions about transferring schools, definitely reach out to us. Follow us on Instagram. It's at callherdoctor.podcast. We also have our email linked there if you want to reach out. And again, make sure you follow Madison and I also. We both blog about our experiences as well. And I'm going to be sharing a lot more about my transfer experience and highlighting stories of some other people who have taken sort of non-traditional routes to their degree as well. So we will be back with Madison for the next episode, and we hope y'all enjoyed. Thanks for listening.